Hi everyone, welcome to Podculture Blaze D&D. This is Josh from Two Brothers Talk Games. I'm Tyler from Talking Fail, and I'm playing as Aiden Hobbs. Hi, I'm Ethan, and I'm playing Gary the Monk. Hello, I'm Kevin from the Nerdy Things Podcast. I will be playing Zargash, the Dragonborn Paladin. I'm Crystal from Board Game Blitz, and I'm playing Amethysia, the Half-Elf Bard. Welcome back, everyone, to uh, Podculture Plays uh, D&D. Um, this week, we're picking up from where we lof- left off last week. The player characters had just defeated the Drow Warlock and all his minions. Um, guys, what would you like to do from here? Celebrate. <laughs> That's a good one. Pull the party uh, hats out of the bag of holding. <laughs> have we- have we got a mop in the bag of holding? Because all those orcs melted, and that's probably really disgusting. Yeah, but we're not janitors here. We can just leave. <laughs> you, you could. Uh, well, you know, it well, would we be. Have, we haven't found the farmers yet, right? We need to find the farmers. Oh yeah. No, but did, um, uh, sorry. Did the boss? Did the boss leave any like remains, or did he kind of just vaporize? No. Um. Well, his his body did largely vaporize. But um, there are a few articles scattered around the room if you guys want to loot. I want to I read know. some of those articles. <laughs> <laughs> you they're all posted on Medium. No one really... They're all posted on Medium. No one really read them or tried to retweet them or anything. It was, it was really good. I thought you said you were illiterate. You caught me. I just wanted to look at the pictures. <laughs> I don't know if you want to look at Warlock pictures. Those aren't... Oh. Oh. Hey, he's a paladin. He can take it. <laughs> All right. So, so what cool, what cool stuff do we find? Okay. Uh, actually, I some s- pretty good loot, which I did set up beforehand. Okay. Um. You go over to where the body was, and uh, quite thankfully, not all of this stuff got disintegrated in the action. Um. You find a small pouch. Uh, which contains a bunch of gems and uh, amethysia because you've had a fairly decent uh, education and uh, you and you've got a good background. You would estimate the value of these gems somewhere around the area of five hundred and seventy gold pieces. Nice. Okay. Are, are you going to share them out with the group, or are they going to be sleight of handed? Um, I will share like two-thirds of them i'll like i'll i want to walk over and like scope them out and like pocket a few of them okay uh, G- give I am me chaotic, a d20 roll so i feel like i should yeah you are absolutely absolutely okay. uh 19 oh yep so you, you've got about a third in your pocket and no one sees a thing okay so that then yeah, good old start um you also find a dagger <laughs> That was um, that he was holding. It's the dagger that he used to plunge into the farmer that was on the altar. Um, the dagger itself is made of a black, non-reflective steel. Um, it feels very, very strange to touch. Um, if you guys want to give me an arcana or a history roll, uh, I got pretty good arcana. Yeah, you're, you're pretty decent. Oh, um, not with uh... a five. I might have lied about being good at Arcana. 
You, you no, may... I totally lied. I totally lied about being good at Arcana. Someone else do it. Well, C- Crystal still has her identify spell. We haven't completely redone her spells yet, so. Oh, that's true. I could do that. You can. Um, what do I have to do to cast identify? Just say I cast identify. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm casting identify. Nice. You go into a small trance for a few seconds, and you run your fingers along the dagger. From what you can tell. Oh. Well, not, not on the edge, which is a very good thing. Um, from what you can tell, this is a magical dagger. It is a plus one dagger, and it also does uh, what is called necrotic damage. Okay. Um, it's also unaligned. So it doesn't intrinsically have an alignment to it, but it's it's not a very nice weapon. All right. Well, I mean... Who needs a cool dagger? How much damage does a dagger do? Uh, this dagger does d4 plus 1, um, but it also does an additional d4 of necrotic damage. I mean, anyone who likes a dagger can use it, I guess. I'll take it. I was going right, to say so it's... short sword and dagger? Yeah, I was going to say it'd either be Aiden or Amethysia, who would be best off with that. Yeah, I think let Aiden have it. I tend to cast more spells than do a lot of hand-to-hand combat when we've been fighting thus far, so... You also find his hand crossbow, and you find a couple of... (laughs) Why would you dibs, Ethan? You're a hand-to-hand fighter. I didn't say... No, I didn't say anything. That was was Aiden. Oh, okay. Sorry. I think we've proved I don't need the crossbow to be dangerous with the bolts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice. Okay. You find two small quivers. One of them, there's 12 bolts in there, each of them with black flights. In the other one, there's 11, and these ones have green flights on them. Um, based on your encounter with this guy, you know that the green flighted bolts are poison-based. All right. I don't suppose I could use any of these as throwing weapons, could I? He um, throws the crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could maybe use the bolts, but you'd have to use a key point to throw them because they're not really designed to be thrown from a hand. Ah, never mind then. And you've got a really good um, medicine. I mean, you could potentially put together your own poison. Oh, yeah, no, there's a thought. What, what are the stats... What are the stats on the crossbow? A hand crossbow does 1d6 damage. And the poison does 2d6 on a failed constitution roll. Of um, DC 14. I'd say potentially um, Amethysia might be better off with the hand crossbow. Just because this way she's got another way of staying at distance and being able to do some pretty serious damage and you've already got a longbow yeah that makes sense okay yeah um so i just need to put that into my weapons thing then so it's also really easy to conceal because you can like bend the arms in and out uh and you said the hand crossbow is 1d6 of damage 1d6 1d6 that's with ordinary bolts uh, poison bolts do 2d well it does 2d6 poison damage plus so okay well i'm the the bolts can also go with aiden's bow correct 
No. No, just this one? Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm taking them too then. How many uh, do I have? You've got 12 ordinary bolts and you've got 11 poison ones. Okay. The, so that's the poison like ones. 13 only... total. <laughs> that's good math there, Zargash. Um, <laughs> the, the poison ones can only be used once and then they okay. just become ordinary bolts. Okay. Cool. Okay. So you did find out last week uh, from that goblin who you brutally, brutally murdered. Um, that these... oh, yeah, I meant to bring that up. Yes. Which one? <laughs> Our the friend. Stephen, the Stephen Fry of goblins, the one you rolled double oh. once at murder. That's that right. Just, he was just, a good guy. I mean, for the record, he was only a good guy because I charmed him into it. And if if we had allowed him to live past the charm, he would have known I charmed him and been very angry about it. So this was not really our friend. He just appeared to be temporarily. He he was a frenemy. Yeah, Sounds there like you go. All of my friends. <laughs> our goblin frenemy. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> okay. Um, you do spot behind the altar. There is a large tapestry. Uh, depicting an absolutely unearthly scene. A closer inspection of the tapestry shows uh, Grumnar's signature at the bottom. So you can tell. I don't think a... we should be dibs on the tapestry. Are we putting that in the bag? I don't. I don't know if we can get a buyer for that. That's going in the bag. Yeah. All right. Look, th- there's always a buyer for something. I'd say um, it's an art object worth another hundred and fifty gold pieces. So this is uh, this is a second tapestry, right? Because we found yes. one before in the like dorms or whatever. You did. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. So you pull the tapestry aside and you see a small, well, r- roughly human-shaped door, or human-sized door, I should say. Um, and as you open it, you can see a selection of cells um, holding all the farmers. Hey guys. Hooray, we found the farmers. They look very, very tired and very, very weak. Um, uh, they... No, continue. Okay. Um, no, I was going to say, they haven't eaten in about two days and they've been constantly on the run and they've been cold, so they're not feeling very well at all at this point in time. A, a number of them are sobbing in just silent relief when they saw you guys come through okay so in theory if we took a short rest here with like near them if i did song of rest it would affect the farmers as well as us is that accurate yeah okay uh i don't know if that's what we should do but that seems like an option it's a good song of rest uh so i can um I use music or words basically to revitalize any friendly creature who can hear me. Um, the, so they re- regain hit points by spending hit dice. Um, uh, you regain an extra D6 worth of hit points. Um, so, and that applies to them and us. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> um, the other thing is, by now it's kind of late afternoon. So... You guys could potentially just stay here overnight and just let them get as good a rest as possible. I mean, I, I want, yeah. Do I mean? But we, we should... don't want to keep them in the cells, right? We want to like release them so they can. 
Well, yeah, you've, you've got the, the dormitory room where there were five beds. You might need to flip the mattresses on three of them, though, because um, they had dead orc on them. I would like to uh, duck back into the main chamber, take the uh, the farmer that was on the, the big table, move him off onto the ground and put an orc weapon in his hand and kind of stage it to look like he fought valiantly and we didn't just act, let him die. Well, that's kind of cool. Nice. Um, your party gets 50 XP. Woohoo! Um, that's a really cool idea. Okay. So, I mean, cool. I don't like him taking credit, but okay. <laughs> but, but this is a lie. It's wrong, says the lawful character. Cool. So says the prideful character. <laughs> Very good. So, w- what would you guys like to do from here? Um, well, I assume we bust open all the doors. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess Zagash helps out a bit there. There, there was a ring <laughs> of keys on the wall. Don't care. Broke them down. <laughs> Everyone's the keys too. very impressed. Uh, like, I, I Gary's just standing good. behind you with the keys, like, um... <laughs> I just sort of throw them, I just sort of casually throw them over my shoulder, like, all right, fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess, I don't know, you guys might actually spend a night in the cave, because there might be more, we did leave a few orcs near the entrance, and there might be more orcs, like, returning to the place, I reckon we should probably camp, like, a couple miles away. That's actually not a bad idea. If we sleep here, we're at risk. And if we go elsewhere, uh, we're probably slightly less so. <laughs> what a great idea. I nominate you to tell the hungry, tired farmers we got to march. Let's go. Bye. Well, yeah, they're probably used to it. How long would a short rest take? Uh, about an hour. Okay, so in theory, if we did a short rest first... We could still, I mean, it would be getting dark already, but at least we could move before the dead of night after yep. the fact to get Absolutely. out of here. You could. Okay, and so, um, there, there are a couple of them that are a bit sick, but um, Zagash, with your oh. lay on hands ability, you would be able to take care of that if you wish. I do wish. Okay. They're feeling much, much better now. And Great. I assume you guys also give them some food. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had, like, how many extra days did we get from the guard captain before we uh, headed out? More than enough to get the group back. Yeah, and we had a bunch in the right. bag of holding, too, so. Mm. And we can always just eat the orcs. Ew. If we have to, I mean. So well, do, you we guys. Need to, do we need to roll d6s, then, for my song of rest for regaining hit points? Um, do any of you wish to regain hit points? Yeah, I'm still quite hurt. I'm well, playing. I got one back. Um, and you roll a hit dice. I don't know uh, what that D8. is. In your case. Nice. So you get eight hit points back. Um, Kevin, I know... Oh, sorry, Zargash, I know you were harmed in that last encounter as well. Uh, yeah. Pretty badly. So you might want to do a hit dice and a d6. Alright. So here's the d6 and I'll do a thing. There's a, there's another one there. Uh, you nice. D ten, but um, I think you're fully oh, healed, D- anyways. D ten? I don't know. I I can roll a D ten. Um, are you at full hit points now with thirteen back? Uh no. Okay. Yeah, roll the D ten. 
This is not going to go in my favor. Oh, oh yes! <laughs> I'm the best. <laughs> that one extra hit point. Very good. So you get uh, 14 hit points rest? back. Which... Do I roll anything? I assume the Song of Rust doesn't help me since I'm the one singing it. But... No, 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 it does. You hear it. Oh, okay. So what do I need to roll? Uh, you roll d6 and d8. Um, okay. Uh, Aiden, if you're wanting to get some hit points back, you're a d6 and a d10. All right. Are you okay. even hurt, Aiden? Uh, I'm one. I'm one short. Okay. Well, I've gained back exactly what I've lost. I'm now max twenty-seven. So perfect. Okay. So. You guys are heading out of the caves now with the farmers behind you. Um, I assume you have your same marching order you usually do, which is uh, Zargash and Gary at the front? Yep. Excellent. As you come to the room where the metalworking was, you notice that the sound of metalworking has stopped. That's probably a good sign. Mm, I don't know if that's a good sign. That means that whoever was working on metal is now attempting to do something else um you hear no noise from the room where did they go i very quietly and gently go running in screaming who's here <laughs> all right enter i stand and... back at a safe distance <laughs> you enter the armory zakash and there's no one in there nice paid off i don't know this 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 sounds <laughs> Like, something bad's about to happen. No, you're looking a gift horse in the mouth. And we lost four horses, so we're still down three. <laughs> oh, the poor horses. They're coming back. Then we'll be up one. Don't worry about it. Is there anything interesting in the armory? There is. Um, there are a bunch of orc weapons. Um, but you do see another blade, and you can tell this one is human-made. Um, and it carries the same crest. Uh, the guards had back in the town of Little Ogden, where you guys started out. Well, might as well take it and return it. Nice. Um, add longsword to your uh, inventory. Um, all these villagers are are any of are they just basically able to walk and move? But none of you know no, nobody is in fighting condition. Is that correct? Not really. They're exhausted. Okay, like, so it wouldn't make any sense to hand out orc weapons just as backups? No. Well, you you could, but I mean... It just um, wouldn't make any sense, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, say, um, Russia's tactics in World War II of charging unarmed men towards machine guns to make the Germans run out of bullets. Hey, you got to use the penal legions for something. Yes. We'll, we'll, hold, that in, we'll hold that idea in reserve. I, I did love the uh, remark you made earlier, Tyler. I'm not above murder. <laughs> it's a scary set of words. Okay. You guys come up the cave even further. I assume you've done the blacksmithery. Yeah, so sure. I mean, there's nothing else of interest there, then, yeah, we can move not on. Not really. I mean, you could, you could take orc weapons, but you're not going to get a lot for them. Okay, that's fine then. Cool. There's no orc quarter stuff replacement so i'm just gonna keep on walking by excellent okay you guys come up to the entrance of the cave um and of course off to your well off to your right now uh 
is the room where you heard two goblins and two orcs, uh, sorry, yep, two orcs and two goblins talking, um, and again, you hear no sound. I lean in, just show, take a look. You see and hear no one. Great. Is there anything cool? What if they're all waiting out the entrance of the cave, like, to bump, to, like, ambush us? Well, at least we know they're there. Um, Well, it's either that or they could all sense we killed the warlock and they're like, nuts to this, we're out of here. Oh, yeah, I guess if their master is gone, that does kind of make sense. Yeah. Well, you guys are noticing, when you came into the cave, and, sorry, well, when, when you were getting down to the sacrificial chamber, that feeling of wrong magic has now gone. Like, it, it's completely evaporated. Um, where before, <laughs> it was a light tingling at the entrance of the cave, and as you went further, it got more and more, but now it's completely gone. So, um, you all kind of suspect that Gary might be right. Okay. I mean, Aiden, you can see orc footprints uh, overlaying the others and goblin footprints just going straight out of the caves. You know, if they left the caves, we might just actually stay here the night. I don't think they're coming back, guys. And we could probably defend the cave entrance really easily. Maybe we do spend the night here. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, everybody back to bed. Yep. (laughs) Okay, so you march the farmers back to the dormitory, and um, I assume you flip the mattresses where the orcs were sleeping before you brutally murdered them. Yeah, the orc-free mattresses for everyone. Excellent. I mean, it, it, it may only get you a three-star review on Yelp, but um, yeah, it's better than one. There are just enough mattresses if people buddy up and do top and tails for everyone to kind of squeeze into a bed. Um, how do you guys want to stagger your watch? I'll go first. Yeah, I'll go second. I can go third. Whatever. <laughs> Zargash, I'm an early a, riser. You're a backup. <laughs> if somebody needs help, you can you can always come to the rescue. Excellent. So, uh, who was watching first? Aiden? Yes. And then Gary? Yo. And then Amethysia? And mm-hmm. Zargash is probably just going to sleep through because you only really need three watches. <laughs> well, actually, you could go four if you're going to let them have a really nope. good long rest. Need three. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Okay. Take a drink. <laughs> the three of you fall asleep. And as you sleep... You dream. Gary, you are studying in the library of your monastery, trying to find the answers you seek to the disturbing visions that you've been seeing. You find only blank scrolls where before were written the words of sages and ancient philosophers. You stop seeking and find yourself in the monastery grounds meditating and then practicing your combat. But all around you is chaos. The wind whips at your hair and rather luxurious beard and you find yourself drenched by rains and covered in snow. You are burned by sunlight and pelted with hail. All of these things erupt on you at once. And then it is gone. You hear a voice and see a figure sitting next to you in meditation. Before you, sorry, in meditation. And I'm trying not to be racist. 
but he looks like every picture of Confucius that everyone's ever seen. The long flowing white beard, the huge eyebrows, the uh, monk style robes, and he's just meditating. And you hear his voice. Wisdom is found in harmony. Order brings wisdom. Words define the world into order. You find yourself in the library again and you go, th go back to those scrolls. This time, all of them are filled with words and you absorb them all, no matter which language they're written in. And a lot of these were written in exceedingly old dragon script or elf script or even dwarf script, but you find yourself able just to read them without even knowing these languages. The world goes white and you wake up. Oh, sorry, I forgot something from the Drow Warlock because I'm an idiot and still sick. Um, you guys also found a mithril scroll case. Um, okay. This is really right. weird and very extravagant. Mithril is extremely rare and it's hard to work, so it is pretty well always reserved for either weapons or armor. So the fact that it's a scroll case, it, it speaks of a lot of luxury and power and money. Um, when you opened the scroll case, you found a letter in there that was written in a language that none of you can decipher. Gary, you wake up, and you pull the scroll case out, and you open it in front of you. The letters uh, transform. What's it say? What's it say? The letters transform now into common, and all they say is the following: the cost of power is only the price you're prepared to pay. Treat your master's words with respect. You shall rise far, youngling. Wait, so the case that the drow had said that he had a master? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. And Ethan, you you know what language this is now. This is infernal. Hey guys, I know Kung Fu and Infernal. I had this weird dream where all this knowledge got downloaded into my brain. Pretty Whoa. much. Um Yeah, Ethan? Your character now has an ability called Eyes of the Runekeeper. Cool. What does that do? You can. I can just read anything? Any language, yes. You can read so guys, any language you see, dream. even if you can't speak it or understand it. All right. That's pretty cool. I'll write that down. You should. Um, you can use it. Uh, equal amounts of times to your level and it lasts for one hour with each use. Okay. Alright, uh, anyone else have a weird dream? Oh, you're all going to have weird dreams. Um, Gary, you go to take your watch as it's been two hours and Aiden, you go to fall asleep. <sighs> I love in D&D that characters can just fall asleep like that. I wish I could in real life. I haven't slept in two years in real life. I wish I could sleep at all. I'm sorry to hear it, man, but I've got a two-year-old, so I know how that feels. Yeah, I have narcolepsy. It's the best. Ooh, fun. Okay. Amy. Mm -hmm. Amy, you find yourself on a stage performing a mime or a farce before a huge crowd of what you first think are elves. You pause between the, the, the scenes and you take a better look, and you realize these aren't elves. These are the Fae. Um, to, to clear up what that means, the Fae 
are what elves essentially came from. They're an extraplanar race of beings that are extremely capricious. Okay. A central figure sits on a throne, a leg leaning over one of the arms in an insouciant fashion. He smiles as he watches you, occasionally chuckling at your antics. As your performance concludes, every audience member looks to him. He applauds and the crowd erupts rapturously, the hands and voices exclaiming rapturous delight. All of a sudden, he appears next to you. Charming performance. Very amusing, and uh, you can rest assured, I know what I'm talking about. He grins again, and his grin is, is just this huge, perfect grin. He's got slightly wider spaced eyes and pointy ears than, say, most elves, which is how you know he's a fae. So what shall I give you? Ah, that'll be fun. He reaches out and he strokes your hair, and each tress between his fingers changes to a different colour or style. So your hair is usually, as you say, um, as you've said, sorry, purple. Yeah, In this way, normally. it becomes every colour of the rainbow in one go, and every different style. Uh, wavy, curly, afro, extremely straight, thick, thin, every permutation you can think of. He smiles. Man, he's a good hairstylist. He's the best. He smiles and releases it, and it goes back to normal. You can wear any face and speak with any voice you like now. Just not mine. That's not funny. Keep amusing me, and even more presents will be given to you. It fades to black, and you're awake. Okay. So, Amy... You now have the ability called Mask of Many Faces. Okay. Um, this ability allows you to cast um, Alter Self. Oh, sorry, Disguise Self. Equal to the amount of, to what your level is. So at the moment it's three. You can change your appearance, including your clothing, armor, weapons, and other belongings on your person to look different until the spell ends or you want to dismiss it. Um, it lasts about an hour. Um, you can seem to be one foot shorter or taller. Um, I'll send you a link so you don't have to write this all down. Okay, cool. We so go. we've got Mystique in the party now. <laughs> nice. Pretty much. Uh, you wake up and take your watch. All right. Okay. Aiden. You yes. are on the hunt. The forest around you is old, impossibly so, with each mighty tree the size of several men around in its diameter. You run after your quarry. You haven't seen it, but the smell of it is on the wind, and you run, the air filling your lungs, giving you new strength. And then you can see it. Ahead of you is a huge stag. Its shoulders are at the same height as yours, and its mighty antlers are like this are almost the size of a man. It turns and raises its head and bellows. The noise is overwhelming and you collapse to your knees, clutching at the sides of your head. As you look up, you see a figure approaching you. He is as huge as the stag and wears the antlers like a crown. His forest green hair and brown skin make him look like he was carved from a tree. You are a man from the world of men. 
His voice is deep, and you can tell it's unbelievably ancient, like timelessly old. I ran with your kind ones and taught them to hunt. They learned to farm, to forge. I am gone now, but a little of me remains. He reaches out, and with his fingers he touches your ears and then your lips. You will build a bridge. Build it from both ends. Your world and mine will live in harmony. You awake with a scent of pine in your nostrils. Okay, so Aiden, you have a new ability called Beast Speech. Cool. What this allows you to do, um, again, the amount of, uh, you can use this uh, between long rests, um, the amount of time, sorry, the amount of times equal to your level. You, ca you can cast Talk with Animals as like a free action. Cool. So, you, so the next time we run into a pack of wolves, we'll, we'll be able to deal with them more appropriately. <laughs> if I want to. By shooting okay, them. If you want to, yes. All right, so we got Dr. Doolittle in the group now. <laughs> I'm making references for all y'all. This is going to be a league of extraordinary gentlemen and then one Amy. <laughs> the league included at least one woman, and they still called it the League of Gentlemen. I mean, I, I want to be more inclusive. Yay for inclusivity! Yeah, um, it was Mrs. Harkness, wasn't it? Dracula's wife? There was one of them. Mina. Yeah, that's right. I read that book. It was okay. Um, as in Dracula. I didn't read the Extraordinary Gentleman. Okay. Zagash, your turn, my friend. Yeah. Whoa. Zagash, yeah. you find yourself on a battlefield, the light around you shrinking in darkness. You swing your hammer against the darkness and amazed to find it strikes like a solid object. The dark itself is pushed back by your strikes and you joyously strike forward, strike again and again, Roaring as you push the darkness back, step by step. You're unsure of how long you've been fighting the dark, but suddenly your hammer shatters, and the darkness, sensing victory, pushes in against you. You thrust against the darkness of the, with the splintered handle of your hammer until it's reduced to nothing but matchsticks. Take quickly, that, darkness! You quickly pull your dagger and go at it again, but each strike shears away part of the metal until you're left with less than a dagger hilt. You throw down the dagger hilt and charge forward with your shield, trying to push the darkness back. But the darkness, sensing victory, pushes in against you, its hideous touch burning you where you're uncovered by armor and crushing you in its grip. Just as you face defeat, a heavily armored figure appears beside you and places a new hammer in your hand. This new hammer is forged from silver light and has the faint glow of radiant power. The figure merely nods and steps back as you charge in once more, the light of your hammer driving back the darkness around you. As you wake, you hear a metallic voice simply say, Be my vengeance. And you awake. Nice. So, um, Zagash, yours is kind of two in one, but it's pretty balanced against the other ones. Um, what you've got now is called a Pact Weapon. So it's essentially part of your deal that you've done with Celestial Powers. They've bestowed this blessing upon you. 
The way this works is you can summon this hammer into your hand anytime, and it will just appear. By the power of Grayskull. I mean, does it Where also does it have written? Does it have written on the handle side? Use this end to hold. There's a couple of arrows might... pointing downwards from the heavy end. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, by the sound of Josh's description, you're using the handle to hit. You're trying to hit him with the handle, even in the dream. I'm confused. Do the arrows tell me which way to hit the guy with? <laughs> you hear a. A metallic voice in resigned tones. No, you don't. Oh, All right. <laughs> okay. Aww. So not only do you have a packed weapon, which will go in power as you level up, um, you also do knockdown damage on your divine smite. Um, what this means is that any creature, when you use divine smite, is automatically knocked down and back five feet. Do they go to the left? Do they go back and to the left? Um, you can decide. All right. You, you could say, like, back five feet or diagonal back left five feet or diagonal back right five feet. It's always going to be back and to the left. Back okay. and to the left. I know this is a JFK reference. I can't riff on it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That you know that is all I need. Move on. <laughs> I don't get the reference. But yeah, um, the, these are the new powers that I've given you. And um, in, in a bit of a meta moment, I need to say a big thank you to Joey Branco of um, Hexes and Bows. Um, he was nice enough to help me kind of to... Well, these are the things I wanted to give you guys, but he was nice enough to confirm that these were better decisions than to give you guys just like you know, extra magical attacks and whatnot at this point anyways. All right. Well, thank you to him then. Yeah. Thank you very much, Dan. Okay. You guys awake the next day and everyone's feeling much, much better. Um, you have a quick breakfast and make your way from the caves. Guys, I had the weirdest dream last night that I had less, less than a dagger hilt. I swear that's not true. I can prove it. I don't think anyone needs to see that. All right. Uh, you know, just if you ever question it, just let me know. So I assume we're meeting to return the farmers back to the town. That would be a good yeah. idea. Yep. Let's have breakfast and get a wriggle on. I assume we're all up to full health again. Yep. Yeah, you're up to full health. You've got all your spells back and uh, all your new toys. Hooray. Gotta have my cheap points. Exactly. So... You guys run from the cave and make your way back. Um, actually, what we need to quickly do is quickly cover uh, your guys' level up stuff. Um, we won't spend too much time on this, but um, Zargash, you had to pick yeah. a, um, a form of oath. And if people haven't picked up, which oath was that? I believe it was vengeance. Oh, it was. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the tenets of vengeance are that you must always fight the greater evil. You have no mercy for the wicked. You'll fight by any means necessary. So you are very much war to the knife and the knife to the hilt. So you will you will fight despite anything. And restitution. So do you remember that scene in the Avengers where Tony Stark is saying to Loki, if we can't save the world, you can be damn sure we're going to avenge it. That's you. 
I mean, how could anybody forget that scene? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Amethysia? Yeah. You went with the school of? Uh, I... Oh, college, sorry. Uh, I had narrowed it down to two. Uh, I think the one that I heard, I put the information down here. I believe I want to go with... Northeastern. Well, because there's one of them that has to do with a level two ability specifically. So I wanted to make sure I picked the correct one if I picked that skill. But, um, I mean, I'm torn. (laughs) The College of Satire and the College of Valor, I was stuck between. So if you have a recommendation, that would be Um, great. I'd kind of say Satire. Um, the reason okay. being your party doesn't really have a good rogue and with satire, um, that and I actually wrote that thing with the satire thing in mind. Cause you said you like the school of satire. Um, okay, cool. You gain proficiency with thieves tools and you also gain, um, proficiency in sleight of hand and one additional skill of your choice. Oh, okay. So it, it, in a few ways, it kind of makes sense for your character. Yep. Okay. Cool. Um, and you gain the uh, the tumbling ability, which is pretty cool. I assume that, that like goes roll. under dexterity, or um, it does. Or, okay. Um, yeah, as a bonus action, you can tumble. When you tumble, you gain the following benefits for the rest of your turn. So you gain the benefits of taking the dash and disengage. So you could tumble out of combat, move back thirty feet. And then, like, shoot your hand crossbow at someone. Ah, okay. Um, And then for the other skill that I get to gain proficiency in, does it matter where that skill is located? No. It's your your choice. Um, I think I'd like to gain proficiency in uh, perception. That's a good one. Okay. Okay, nice. Um, Aiden, we'll do yours. All right. So you went with? I went with the Beast Conclave. Yes, you did. So at some point, you're going to be getting a Beast Companion. Woohoo! And, uh, Doggy! <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. Um... So we're going to have to do that at some point. And Gary, you went with? Uh, Way of the Shadow. Nice. Uh, doesn't do much yet. I mean, I could pop two chi points, which is a lot. To cast Darkness, Dark Vision, Past That Trace, or Silence. I uh, could also gain the Minor Illusion Cantrip. I have no idea what all these do. Um, um, Past That Trace is quite awesome. Um, well, I'll be sure to look them up at some point. You get a massive bonus to your stealth. If someone's trying to see you, um, when you roll your stealth check, you get plus 10 on top of all your other abilities. Yeah, I guess after last time, I could use a bit of help in that department. Yeah. Um, Although you did serve as a very good decoy. Yeah, good for me. Uh, and then at level 6, uh, I gain the ability to step from one shadow into another. Which is pretty flippin' cool. That is cool. It is. 
and we're gonna find ways to make use of that. Okay. So I'm gonna guys... get level six first. <laughs> yes, you will. Okay. So your party exits the cave uh, as the as you guys have finished breakfast. The sun is just coming over the hills, and you take off and run. Well, walk quickly. The farmers are still yeah. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna run with the farmers. And you can't stuff them all in the bag. <laughs> well, we'd have to kill them first, and that would ruin it. So. That would quite ruin the mood, yes. Okay. The trip back is largely uneventful, save for on the second day. Aiden, you're out scrounging for food. Um, yep. As you're the bar, that's kind of your job. You come across a clearing, and at the end of the clearing, you see the wolf... That you guys, that you specifically, took a shot at with your bow and arrow. It's holding two dead rabbits in its mouth. It pads over to you, drops them at your feet, sits down and looks up at you. I think he made a friend. And he can well, talk to him now. Yeah, obviously I impressed him and became the alpha of Her. the pack after our, our last encounter. Her. Oh, her. Yes. Yes. She was the alpha um, female. Right. Um, all right. Well, I uh, I look deep into her eyes and kind of you know assess assess her and um, come up with a name that fits her. Uh, you know how how intimidating she is, and I deem her fluffy. Her tongue sticks out, she pants, and her tail wags. She likes this name. Oh, we have a puppy now. You do. And um, we're going to roll her her trait and her flaw. So, um, Aiden, can you give me a d6? Sure thing. Uh... Okay, so you rolled a one, which is not terrible. It's okay. Okay, so her trait is she is dauntless in the face of adversity. So she will never give up. So she's kind of like our animal version of Thorgash now. Nice. Pretty much. I share a kinship with you, Fluffy. (laughs) Okay. Um, Aiden, she starts off with, I'm going to say 13 hit points, because she was the alpha. She has a a melee attack where she bites and it does 2d4 plus 2. And she's at plus 4 to hit. So I'll send you a page that has all the stuff about wolves that you need to know. Okay, thank you. Okay. And can you give me another d6 to decide her floor? Is it going to be barks loudly at night? Wolves don't bark. (laughs) How loudly at night, Josh? I jump on creatures to tell them how much I love them. (laughs) She jumps up, puts her paws on your chest, and starts joyously licking your face. And even though you don't have beast speech, even though um, you don't have beast speech activated, you can kind of hear her voice, I love you, I love you, I love you, love you, love you. This is meant to be a flaw. Doggy slobber is her flaw? <laughs> yeah, this is just adorable. 
Well, yeah, she's she's quite lovely. Okay. It takes you guys roughly about two days to get back to town. Um, in that time, these farmers generally get better and better. I mean, you guys are using healing magic and food and sleep on them. And well, by the time you guys medicine. get back to town, they're feeling pretty well perfect. As you enter town, this is where it gets kind of funny. Huh. <laughs> you come upon a very, very interesting scene. Um, there are a bunch of new soldiers in the town. Um, they're wearing a very similar crest. It's just a slightly different variety. Um, and you can see Salivarius. He's performing on a makeshift stage. And the song he's singing is called, and you can tell from the refrain, The Tiefling's Midnight Ride. G'day, mate. You got Subtitle, I stole four horses. <laughs> and there were these four other people that helped me. But it was all about the ride. I rode all night to steal from you. Pretty much. <laughs> oi, oi, Sally, you got our horses, mate? Do we have those back? He smiles, his arms wide open, and he greets you all as long-lost friends. My friends, my friends, so good it is to see you. Everyone, yeah. um, the heroes of Little Ogden. And there's general widespread applause. Oh, and I didn't forget. Here are your horses. Alive and well, and well treated. Hooray! You can also see that each of them have got like a couple of little ribbons knotted in their in their um manes. Um, I'd like to t I'd like to just swing a punch at him. Okay, give me an attack roll. And your fist comes out of nowhere, but he just dodges around and says, I, 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 I understand, I understand. I didn't say please. I do apologize. Yeah, next thought, time, ask. Of course, of course, of course. And he just kind of smiles. I do apologize. Child of two worlds and all that. But to be honest, I am the best at riding out of town quite quickly. Although usually there's a few angry girlfriends and boyfriends after me. Would it be yeah. in the horses? Wasn't it Frank or something? Uh, originally it was Theodore, but you can name Theodore. Him you like. No, they're all named Teddy. So I take the bows out of Teddy's hair. All four Teddies. Salivarius <laughs> looks I mean, sad. You might have, you might want to check with Aiden. I mean, maybe they like those. No. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I so guess your horse gives you a look and tries to like sweep its head away from your fingers as you take out the ribbons. I just look the horse in the eye and let it know just by staring at it that I will eat it. It stops moving. Excellent. Um, you do have... There's that word again, Josh. You also see um, Jer, the barkeep. He's, he's sitting quite morosely. Um, there's a hat in front of him and there's a few gold pieces in there. You're back. Yeah. Help a poor, impoverished barkeep. They burned so, it down. Oh, you I've got nothing you now. Didn't have, you didn't have insurance. Well, In this what? is a valuable lesson about insurance. <laughs> but they said 200 gold. They could rebuild it just as it was. Can, can you help? That's a lot I, of gold. 
I give him one of the tapestries. Yeah, do we give him yeah, the nice one or the evil one? Give him the evil one. Oh. I don't oh think, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think he's I don't think he could fence a tapestry right now. I mean Well, how many of them gems have I got? Um well give me a second, I need to do the math in my head. You guys have got about three hundred and ninety gold pieces worth of gems. So if you gave him so is that how roughly much? half. Well, I can only... So, wait. We had 390. Uh, Amethysia well, pocketed two-thirds of that. No, she pocketed one-third. So, it's about 180. One-third. So, it was 390, you say? So, yeah. 260 divided by three for the rest of us. Like, 80-something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I give him gems worth 40 gold. There you go, buddy. Thank you. He, he gives There's me being all lawful and shit. Oh, and uh, Gary, Salivarius sidles up to you and he gives you a small bag. You take the bag and open it and are greeted by a beautiful aromatic smell. Oh, oh, baby, how I've missed you. <laughs> I missed you too. Oh, you're talking to the tea, of course. Sorry. He, he gives up. Um, I, need, I need to spend a few minutes alone with the kettle. There's no way that sentence sounds right either. Um, <laughs> Jay gives you other three a bit of a look and, and is holding out the hat. He's got he's got great big brown puppy dog eyes. Uh, Very I'll much give like him Crystal's my... dog. <laughs> I'll give him my share of what we found in the cave. Uh, at the beginning of this, of this episode. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Here you go. Whatever. Same alms, thing. Alms giving is a very paladin thing to do. You betcha. Yeah. You're all about them alms. I guess I'll help a little bit. <laughs> so you, you give a little bit of the share that the guys know about. Yes. <laughs> very nice. Um, he, he smiles and says, you, bless you, bless you, adventurers. Um, your party spends the next few months wintering in the region, and you're occasionally called out to different towns to uh, just adjudicate between different causes and whatnot. Um, Gary, you're generally used as a bit of a town doctor, as uh, most of the doctors were called away. Um, at the end of winter, Jair's bar is completely rebuilt, and it's renamed from the Farmer's Rest to the Four Heroes Inn. Each wall has Aww. a different mural on it, dedicated to each one of you. And you guys totally get 100 eat. I was going to say, I totally hope we eat here for free. You totally do. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. On Amy's wall, there is a picture of her holding a rapier aloft, um, looking dashing and cunning, but also clever and somewhat mysterious. I like it. On Zargash's wall, um, they clearly have seen the uh, tapestry of um, the orc and whatnot uh, before. Um, Zargash, you're standing essentially on a mountaintop, shield before you, hammer raised high, lightning strikes all around you. 
Nice. It's very metal. Um, it's going on the side of a van. Wow, Zardash! Dragon Force. Um, Gary, Dragon Force. your wall is essentially... Exactly. It's essentially a yin and yang. On one side, the yang, so the, the calm side, it's essentially a picture of you meditating before a teapot. On the yin side... Or is that the other way around? Yeah, it is. Sorry. On the yang side, which is the active and energetic part, it's essentially a picture of you uh, uppercutting an orc in the face. Naturally. They didn't write sure you can on it, but, you know, maybe next time. Aiden, on your wall, it's a picture of you, your bow knocked an arrow back. Fluffy is at your feet, but over your shoulder is the figure of another ranger and another ranger, and another ranger, and another ranger. And beneath is just a small plaque. The Hobbs family rangers. Huzzah. Aw, that's so cool. Um, the winter goes easily for you guys until you receive a letter. Zagash. Someone read it, because I can't. <laughs> you hand right, it to Gary. Uh... <laughs> All right, this is what language is this in? <laughs> like that matters. Common. <laughs> ah. Oh. Okay. Ethan right, uh, or Gary, you can read it. I. Is this a trick question? Can you read it aloud? Yeah, it's just a picture of a dog. Oh wait, hang on. Did you? Yes. That's. That's my dog. Yeah, Sorry. no, it's it's in the it's in the <laughs> the chat. All right then. All right, all right. Uh, <clears throat> here we go. Word has reached us of you and your companions. We are impressed and desire your presence. Make sh- make your way to the citadel of Torniac by the fastest way you can. Use this letter in my name at any of our outposts. Should you need mounts or supplies, let nothing delay you. In faith, Archprelate Zephyrinius. Yes. And that's where we're going to end the episode. Nice. Who is Zephrinius? What does he want with you? What does it all mean? I don't know, but this was a real feel-good episode. (laughs) The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. That was lovely. Sorry, his name is Zephyr. I just figured yeah, I it had to be wind-related. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to work something with wind, too, but I couldn't do it. Well, he is a blowhard. Uh, oh. And we end with a pun. Yes, we do. <laughs> and uh, we end with Josh about to collapse, because um, he's still very sick and very tired. Oh, I'll um, see you guys next week. Quad Culture Plays D&D is an independent creation, put together by myself and the other people you are listening to. I'd love to thank Gavin, the miracle of sound gun, for the use of his music. Please go buy it all, he's amazing. All the other sound effects come from internet libraries. If you have any queries, please contact us at Twitter at PodCultureDnd. Until next time, be good. <laughs>